Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WMR.FM. It's the 3rd of February, 2022. Um, in case you guys didn't notice, yesterday was Groundhog Day, but again, you might have noticed because the day before that, the day before that, the day before that, in the last two years have been Groundhog Day. Um, so, for the record, the Groundhogs um, almost entirely um, saw their 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 their, their shadows and uh, they have um, in their uh, rodent sort of way predicted another uh, six weeks of winter. So there you go. Um, not like you were going outside anyway. So <laughs> this is Jim Hedger from Dinosaur Media and Dave Davies from Beatsong Internet Marketing. Dave, how you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Just fantastic. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. It's it's a it's a mellow snow day out here in the east. Um, I think. Pretty much everyone from uh, Texas on up to uh, northern Ontario is um, getting blasted by uh, winter storms today. So, you know, Groundhog Day, six more weeks of it. Um, uh, we're a little bit, a little bit frightened for our friends in Texas. So, um, there, uh, there's tens of thousands already who are going, who are without power, and um, you know, <laughs> uh, so so a little bit, a little bit worried for for, for our friends in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm kind of spoiled, right? Like, you know, where I am, like, I just sort of like live in the you know, yeah, you, Northwest in, and just like <laughs> British Columbia, Canada, where it's got to be what a good 70 or 80 degrees Fahrenheit every day. That's pretty, that's pretty much it. Um, it is. I just look at it up right now. I'm like, what is the temperature here? Okay. It's, it's about, it's mild anyway. It'll be like 10 degrees Celsius or something like that right now. So not too bad. So about, uh, about mid fifties. Um, yeah, you're kidding me. Really? <laughs> Dude. Okay. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's, it's actually, it's almost cherry blossom time in, uh, in, in Victoria, BC. They're starting uh, to come later. out on the, they're budding on the tree in front of my house. God, you suck. <laughs> later. <laughs> actually, that's wonderful. I'm actually very, very happy for you. Cause that's, that's one of my favorite times to be on the, uh, in Victoria. Like, uh, Later today, I'm going to be outside with a snow shovel, taking literally a foot of snow off my driveway. Later this week, Dave is going to be outside on his driveway, also with a snow shovel, but he's going to be tossing cherry blossoms because that's yeah. how it goes on the West Coast. They're a hazard. <laughs> For real. Anyway, as, as you guys might have noticed, uh, we're not getting into the search talk so quickly because it's been a slow, very slow week. We don't even have guests this week. So it's, it's just me and Dave. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, a, a slow week, but a lot of cool stuff happened as slow as the week has been. One of the cool things is Webcology was named by um, our friends over at Ahrefs among the uh, top uh, SEO blog or top SEO podcasts. Um for the millionth year running yeah that's kind of nice eh? so to uh to rebecca over at uh ahrefs and also to like you know everybody else who's on that list and everyone who's not on that list who makes content for uh who makes content for for our industry like um thank you it's uh cool to be mentioned among 
among these people. And uh, I just think it's really cool that people give of themselves and try to try to create media and, and information that helps the industry. So again, Ahrefs, thank you. Yeah, one thing I like, and I hope they they start doing because I I saw after the list came out and and some other suggestions in there, and I'm like, it might be time to maybe split that that up into like a couple different lists, like a few, because there were some great suggestions and I'm like, oh, but it doesn't quite make it, but it would be really super interesting to internet marketers. Like I get why it wasn't in the list, but it's super interesting. So it'd be interesting if they, they sort of added and, and, and sort of went, here's just like the best ones that internet marketers would find interesting and, and sort of segmented it out that way, like general, um, you know, like, you know, I'm a big fan of like under the influence, right. Which is general marketing, but it's super, like there's a lot of internet marketing stuff in there and, and insights and stuff. So, you know, dividing it out a little bit like that, but anyway, wonderful to be, to be included. And I love the write-up uh, that, uh, that they wrote on us. So uh, yeah, yeah, that was most kind. Um, yeah. And you can, you can never have a list that's long enough for some of the, some of the, some of the, great information that's a mike king Indeed. mike icon king did not make the list he's got an amazing technical seo podcast yeah, yeah exactly um anyway uh, cool to be there so i think this the biggest thing that happened this week is a bunch of things that are all about you know um change in the environment that we're in for instance Everyone's been uh, giving their their earnings and their uh, user reports. And public corporations have to have to um, you know speak publicly about their earnings every every quarter. And uh, Facebook is having a rough week for the first time ever in Facebook's history. This quarter, it lost users. Yeah. Um, it also saw its uh, its stock price decline by like twenty two percent. This isn't related to any celebrity uh, protests or any controversies. This is actually related to um, new applications like uh, TikTok or um, WhatsApp. Um, Facebook is uh, still the social media that I understand the most, but I'm old. And um, um, it's beginning to feel a lot like MySpace. But yeah. not as versatile. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you remember yeah, you can't you used to be quite as do? much with it. Yeah, you used to be able to make like like Godzilla walk across across your like MySpace profile. You can't do that on Facebook. No. So what's the point? I can't get <laughs> Chewy dancing to nothing on Facebook. No. Um but yeah, Facebook's in Facebook um or Meta as they as they prefer to call themselves in their new emo phase, um are uh <laughs> Sorry, are declining um, in both popularity and uh, importance in the uh, in, in, in it feels palatable. Um, they're still the biggest social network like anywhere ever massive quarter of the world's population involved in it is uh, it, it, a quarter of the world's population involved in it. It's mind blowing. But is, is it assailable? Is it is, is, is Facebook in trouble? Um, you know, I've been having that that same um, sort of thought process myself, and going, okay, what what actually is this, and can they recover? I, I remember a time um, when Bing launched, and and like MSN, like where all of a sudden there were some contenders chiseling away at Google. Like it's sort of like they came out, everybody was doing nothing, they were all serving Google results, then all of a sudden 
few of them didn't, and they started chiseling away from Google. And Google went, well, guess we need to do better and more. And then they did. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it, it went back to, to sort of actually probably worse for those other companies that, than it was before, right? Like they actually lost market share, even though they were just giving all their market share to Google. At least they were creating some ad revenue. So I do wonder, is this a case of the writing's on the wall? Like, Facebook's in decline, um, or is it their moment to go, okay, now we need to diversify. Like Facebook served this purpose. We can either change Facebook, probably not going to get back your users, or, you know, do we diversify into, into more areas, um, you know, capturing just more market in different spots. Um, I suspect that's probably the route they'll go. Like diversity is security. Um, and just sort of go, oh, okay, if TikTok's our big threat, like Facebook can like saunter up and go, I mean, other than the fact of the of the origin um, of TikTok, like the origin country of TikTok. Um, but that as an aside, they can walk in and basically dominate. They have that kind of capital yeah, to do. Even with their certainly. loss, they've got a lot of money. Um, so it'll be, what what do they do as, as a reaction? And does do the board um have it in them to do it or are they going to take the short cash because it would take a big outpouring of money <laughs> to be able to to do what i think i think they'll probably want to do next if they do want to keep it up rather than just sort of go okay well, let's just like bleed this thing dry and make some money on our way out or at least minimize losses on our way out well yeah i mean neat thing about facebook is they're in the position of being the ultimate platform um, they can have virtually anything they want to throw their money at operating on that platform as a Facebook entity, or they can do what they've done with Instagram, um, purchase a parallel property, which uh, gives them a, you know, an equal amount of uh, virtual real estate to throw billboards up on, um, to throw ads up beside. Um, so they're in a neat position. Um, if TikTok's getting under their skin or starting to, they're starting to bleed uh, revenues to TikTok. TikTok may be um, a standalone program, but it's a video player. It lets people create short video clips and distribute them to uh, through its own algorithmic network. Um, Facebook knows a thing or two about algorithmic networks. Um, <laughs> I yeah. think um, I don't. I, I don't think TikTok um, is unas is unassailable. I think uh, Facebook, if it really wanted to, could quite easily create a new environment that could rival TikTok. But here's the thing about platforms like Facebook: whenever they try to do stuff that's not their core mission, their core um, uh, uh, business, they do it half-assed. Like yeah. look, 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 look at Google and all the amazing things that they've tried to do in a total half-assed sort of way. Yeah. Um, and it never, never really pulls off. But they're Google, and so it's really important for the time it's had. Google Plus was so important for the time it existed. But it was nothing compared to the hulking, massive platform that was trying to copy Facebook. Um, right. Facebook, in turn... Is uh, it's got to do something. It's got to become interesting again. Facebook was a cesspool of hate for the longest time. Um, you know where the culture wars were being fought um, tooth and nail. They uh, limited um, political comment, um, but that was that was the way they dealt with the, with the issue. They didn't um, really deal with the issue. It's still a place where people disagree all the time, and that sells them more. That and that gets some more clicks. So who knows? 
Um, I think I think people don't feel good about the place, though. No, no, it has more and more become a place like I used to actually try and have like discussions um, there and, and stuff. Cause it is mostly like your, your friends. Uh, now I've just found that I've taken to like, if I find something real funny, I'll like post it. I'll like scroll people's feeds and, and avoid politics for the most part, unless there's just like a really like nice story. Um, like just, you know, I don't know. I shared the charter of rights and freedoms yesterday, right? Like, or it's like there, there is no anybody who's going to say this is bad, right? Like, it's just like, it's just a good thing for in the country that I live in, right? Or, or that we live in. So, um, you know, it, those sort of things, fine. You know, chatting with my dad or my sister, fine. But I, it's no longer what it used to be, which was this place where I could actually go to find information um in just sort of like general hey let's find out what's going on in the world oh no you don't want to do that there like it's it's regardless of what your opinion is you're going to either just get patted on the back for being biased in the way that you're biased or you're going to like just hate somebody because facebook decided to throw a few of those at you too um no yeah, matter what, so. you probably ain't going to feel good afterwards. No, exactly. And I think that is why um, people are moving to TikTok and things like that. Like I, I sit and look at TikTok, TikTok. I know my wife does too. And you just sit and scroll because you can sit, scroll, laugh. And if something crosses your radar that you're like, don't care, you've invested like one second. <laughs> like, and then it's gone and you're on to the next thing that kind of makes you like laugh or is interesting in some way to you. So um, I, I can see definitely why they, why they captured it. Like why that, that specific sort of format um, is, is drawing users away from Facebook. Yeah, I think the other thing about TikTok is it's um, not a lot of space for you to scream at the other person for no apparent reason. <laughs> um where Facebook no, and most about. of the content on there is like, okay, there's a new song and people are doing something stupid to it, right? Like, and so you're just watching that. Like, I'm not really inspired to be outraged <laughs> by <laughs> anything that's like put across me. Now, part of that'll be like my conditioning of the system, but most of the content produced for it is just some of it's just stupid and ridiculous and, and horrible. And like, a, I just lost brain cells watching that. But I, I've, I've never really encountered anything that I'd be like, that actually makes me feel a strong emotion other than laughter. Yeah. Um, which is, so a, that's, which, is a, which is a good, strong emotion these days. As much yeah. laughter as you can, as you can experience. Good. Probably Indeed. a good thing. Um, let me ask you one last question on this. I mean, I know we're, 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 we're really going after a dead horse here, but the, the, the truest, the truest way to measure the importance of um, any platform or social network in our, in our world is where are you focusing client advertising dollars? Are you spending it in that environment? Are you finding new places to, to uh, focus that spend? You know, I think like any, any environment or, or like any sort of scenario, um, a lot of that depends on the client, right? Like there are still people that Facebook is the target audience. That's where they are. Um, you know, and then that hasn't changed for a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I work a lot in, as you know, like machine learning and, and high tech. Um, so Facebook was never really the place for me. Um, for, for, for those sorts of clients working in travel, it was, but, but even not as important to say Instagram, even at, you know, recently, um, you know, in, in sort of travel, I mean, it it has, (laughs) but it has more importance there. Um, but you look in like high tech, no, it's, it's like LinkedIn, it's Twitter, 
<laughs> like it's it's not it's not Facebook. And I think for most, you know, if you're if you're selling something where you're trying to appeal to the sort of every person, um, Facebook is is still going to be fairly strong place to advertise. You just might need to diversify into TikTok. You might need to diversify into, but I mean TikTok. You, be creative. Like there's a lot of different things there. And I don't know, even like, I, I don't go into it like myself, I don't work in it. So, but I, I do know it's very, very different. Um, you know, but if, if, you know, where you're trying to, you've got a product or service where you're trying to capture people where they are when they're wasting time, right. Which is, is fine. Like we all should waste time. We all should waste lots of time, <laughs> you know, as, as much as we can watching TikTok or, or whatever it might be, but I don't go to Facebook when I'm like, need to get some work done, right? Like, let's go over to Facebook. That's, that's not where I go. I, I feel sorry. I'm, I'm saying that my, my wife is, is sitting like 10 feet away from me who works in Facebook. So she does. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> spending, some of that client, spending some of that client ad money there, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, when I go to, you know, Google ads or something like that, you know, there I, I tend to find, well, Google ads is sort of all over the board, but, um, you know, you look at like Twitter or, or um, LinkedIn advertising, especially where you're going, where people are when they're trying to do a task. Right. Like when I even Google advertising generally, other than like remarketing or, or the, the discover network or, or whatnot. But for the most part, when you think of Google ads, it's I am here to do a thing when I'm advertising on like Facebook or on TikTok, it'd be like, I need to distract you from the thing you're doing, <laughs> which is just a different thing. I came here for a different thing and you could advertise as opposed to, um, you know, Google or LinkedIn or, or often Twitter, uh, but sort of Twitter bridges that gap, but where I'm here to perform a task. And so you need to advertise me on something related to that task, or at least my job, right? To, to, to get me to, to sort of move out there. Um, so anyway, that's just sort of how I, how I view those. But so basically long work around your story is it, it'll always depend on, on who you're, who you're trying to target to. But I think this does sort of make people pause and think and go, might need to diversify a little bit or, like who people who went, oh, Google's lost, lost a bit of market share, might need to diversify. And then six months later, a year later, went, oh, no, <laughs> that worked itself out pretty fast. Um, One thing that, that I did th- this week that was actually really cool with Facebook. Um, and then, and like I said earlier, Facebook is a platform. And on platforms, you can have any array of tools that will do a job for you. Mm-hmm. And um I guess it's uh, it's people are gearing up for conference season again. I know that Digital Summit is uh, looking at going back to in-person conferences, and uh, Jim Christian is setting up uh, an in-person conference in in in, in, in Hawaii. But there's, there's also a bunch of um, uh, virtual conferences that are that are setting up now. And uh, your friend of mine and fr- friend of Webcology, Nava Hopkins, was um, I guess developing and practicing one of her um, conference conference uh, speeches, conference lectures. Mm-hmm. And um, I just happened across it just by chance. Um, looking at Facebook, I saw Nava Hopkins is broadcasting live. So, you know, if Nava's talking about something, I'm, I'm curious, curious what she's saying. And yeah. uh, it was a half hour of just like nerddom. It was excellent. <laughs> and uh, we got, we got to have her on, but the, the, the thing that stood out, the, 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 the one phrase, a bunch of stuff stood out in, in this lecture. But um, for the purpose of, of this, the phrase that really stood out that she used was um, SEO empathy. And she's, she's a PPC expert. Um, she was talking about working with SEOs as, as a um, 
run, run, running running PPC campaigns and how how search engine optimization and paper click can uh, work with in in synergy with each other, mm-hmm. and the way she empathized, have empathy for your SEO, um, just brought warmth to my heart. Um, and uh, we got to have her we got to have her on the show soon. Um, and I just wanted to give her a shout out here because um, yeah, thanks thanks for the half hour lecture. It was really worth the time. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head though earlier when you're sort of introing what you were what you were chatting about. If she's talking, it's probably worth listening. Well, here's the weird thing: she gave a PowerPoint uh, presentation, great slides, great, uh, great, and I, I, you know, it was interesting the entire way through. And there was uh, at the maximum three of us watching at any given time. And I just thought that was a, such a shame because, uh, and again, I think she was just recording it for her own purposes and making it live so that other people could give feedback if they happen to be around. But, but as any good lecturer will, she records it and then plays the tape back to to improve it for when she goes on on the on the uh, the live circuit. Yeah. Um, but again, there was no announcement, and then just, just I happened to be in that environment, and so did two or three other people at the time. But such a such a such a great high level. This would this would be like a university three hundred one level lecture, and uh, yeah. At the same time, that's probably kind of what she was hoping for—just like a small, intimate group of her friends to sort of provide a bit of feedback, as opposed to this monstrous amount of people she doesn't know. <laughs> right? That's probably true. Um, where do you want to go next? What do we got um, here? One thing that I'm excited about, um, and this uh, came out just, just yesterday, um, Google has announced we're going on the, we're talking PPC, so I'm just continuing mm-hmm. on PPC right now. Um, Performance Max. So regular listeners will have heard me talk about Performance Max. I was part of the, the beta testing of it. Um, actually had some good success, but it's it kind of feels a bit like a black box where you just sort of like shove some money in. And you get some conversions out. <laughs> I mean, there, there is a bit of control, but it doesn't have a ton of control, but it gets to a lot of places very, very broadly. Um, and you have a, a high level of control of your ads. You just don't have as much control over, over placement as you know, some people might like, but um, I get it. That's just baked into how it has to function because it's, it's too, too broad in, in its reach, like everywhere from email to search to display to like, it just sort of does everything. Anyway, one of the shortcomings. I I do a lot of my reporting in data studio. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the shortcomings was performance max wasn't supported in data studio. You could still get your like total numbers of like your ads spent this much money, but you couldn't really pull out any additional information um, from performance max and segment it out and things like that, which was a problem for me. I can't sort of like go, and here's your performance max campaigns. And, and oh my God. So, 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 you know what you, you know, you know, no, no, I, I need to know like how much is your direct traffic increased? <laughs> Stuff that Google <laughs> just can't quantify. Yeah, that's a problem for them. Um, but it is now in data studio for users who do use data studio as a reporting tool. It is now that data is now available um in data um yeah in in data, in data studio so you can apply segments and things like that to actually make the the data a little more more useful i mean it's not it wasn't a huge deal it just meant that when monthly reports went out i had to actually ugh, go in spend like 10 minutes in there manually taking screenshots <laughs> and pulling data uh, and, and sort of pulling out performance max data individually now it could just be automated 
Well, and don't under don't understate that amount of time. When when you say you had to go in there and spend ten minutes, that's ten minutes per item you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. So you're looking for ten items. You just spent a hundred minutes doing that. That's um, that, and that is and the, the scale that makes that not work nicely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but so so that was like a, a wonderful. Thank you, Google, um, for, for making that. I was kind of wondering why it hadn't been done earlier, but then I had to rom- remind myself that actually the, the launch and deployment of it is very quick. <laughs> like this, this has not been that long since it was still in beta and I was just testing it out. Um, so they, they actually responded pretty uh, pretty quickly on that one. So Google can deal with technical stuff pretty fast, like making, making um the letter A somehow connect to the the letter G and making that all those connections work properly. They they can work that out quickly. It's the business stuff that and the legal yeah. stuff that they uh, struggle over, right? Yeah, oh, and naming too. The, the, the marketing stuff they completely <laughs> struggle over. But the um the Google Partner Program is just just relaunch. Yeah. Um, I thought that would be of of, of wild interest to you. It was well, and still and still is. I mean, I just got my my email going. Yep, you're still in, right? <laughs> so, like, okay, not a lot changed for me. Um, but uh, for a lot of the users, it will have impacted them. We all saw this coming. We all knew it was going to be happening, right? We've talked about the partner program changes in previous episodes when they first went, we're going to change. Um, there are some parts that I still really dislike um, about the new partner program. Um, did, just did they you know, having to have some. It's it's the spend is is all right. Like I'm I'm okay with going. You don't get to use the logo unless you're actually managing enough to matter, right? Like I <laughs> I, I get it. Um, like and not even just like on their end, but like if you're if you're not crossing like say ten thousand dollars in spend, you probably don't have the experience to warrant the badge, right? Is is I think sort of the route they're going. Well, other than the fact that like you're buying this badge right in that sort of like sidewaysy kind of way. Um, the one that really gets me is that there's recommendations that they have and you need to keep above a 70% in that. Um, that's where I really disagree because they've given some pretty crappy recommendations. Now you clear those and they'll clear from your numbers and they did, they weren't going to let you um, before, but they got a bunch of pushback. Like they were going to always let you clear it, but it was still going to like sort of take a hit at you and that part of the partnership. Um, they did pull that back, which is, is good, but I've even used recommendations where I'm like, not ready to do that workload right now. And it's not really necessary. The ROI isn't there for that, but I'll leave it in there because it's a reminder of like something I'm supposed to do. It would take a lot of them to hit 70%, like to hit like 30% of this, like I've lost 30%, but there are solid cases where I could go, no, I've left those there. I know them. That's fine but I shouldn't be penalized for it because I'm actually acting in the client's best interest, right? They're paying me X dollars and I want to use those to their best benefit, not Google's best benefit. And I don't just want to click apply all on a bunch of budget increases or something like that, right? Like, or, or, or the other things are like deploy different camp. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) 
I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I, that's the one area that I really don't like that they've done. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at clevertap.com. That's clevertap.com. Miami is more than beaches, palm trees, and fun in the sun. It's home every year to the Miami Book Fair, celebrating its 39th year of hosting authors and readers from around the world, November 13th through the 20th. Join us in downtown Miami at the Wolfson campus of Miami-Dade College. Connect with over 500 authors reading from their books in English, Spanish, French, and Creole, answering questions and signing hard copies. The 2022 edition of the Miami Book Fair welcomes everyone of all ages to come together, meet, and make new friends, exchange ideas, and discover one's next favorite author. Let's explore, discover, and learn together. Featured authors will include award-winning novelists, Anthony Horowitz, Ben Mesrich, Craig Johnson, Danny Shapiro, Elena Shapiro, Jimmy Attenberg, poet Sandra Cisneros, and authors writing about the trending topics of the day. Lisa Genova, Jerry Stahl, Marie Brenner, Mark Kurlansky, Samantha Cole, Stacey Schiff, Katie Tour, and many others. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFair.com. Follow the fair at Miami Book Fair and join the conversation hashtag Miami Book Fair 2022. And 70% of your picking a number is probably pretty solid. It gives you some, some good wiggle room, but that's the, the one part where I just, I just don't like it. I shouldn't be made to either apply these changes or, or respond to them. I appreciate that they put them there. I found some interesting insights there. Some of them are just garbage. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's my only real complaint about it. Yeah, there is no way that if uh, Google forced, if Google published a tool or program that forced me as an SEO to follow through with specific Google recommendations, and you know to to, to guarantee they were followed through on, I don't I don't think I'd be comfortable with that. Um, there may be a strategic reason we're 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 screwing up, but we're screwing up strategically, sir. 
Well, exactly. And I mean, they do have some nice ways and it's what I liked that they used to do historically and they are still doing it. Um, they have some nice ways built into the partner program to sort of incentivize you to try new things um, or to like test moving things where basically for, for users who don't know, um, like they have a store where Google partners can like collect points and then apply them um, to purchase stuff. I have some e like e-scooters, right? Like that, that I just really saved up some points and, and got them. Um, and one of those is, yeah, matching all the like stuff that you need to do and getting your spends and stuff like that. But part of it, they'll put up like a couple quarterly challenges and it's like, okay, move your like video spend up X percent from this source, right? Like this type of video campaign or whatever, something that they want you to play with. And you can look at it and go, okay, if I think that's good for my client, then I can test that out, or put put a little more to it, right? I'm at 68%. They're saying, you know, my threshold is 72% or whatever. All right, let's test a little more, but it gives me that, that latitude to test and make that decision. And if I decide not to, that's fine. It's not going to cost me anything important. It's going to cost me 700 points or like 10% of my journey to a new e-scooter, right? Or, or whatever it is. Um, that is sort of incentivization I was fine with um, because it still allows you to make the best decision for your client, but let's Google go, Hey, by the way, you should test this out. Hey, here's a little like carrot for you. If you, if you want to do that. So I don't mind that kind of incentivization, but I, I don't like the, um, we're going to punish you. I'm more of the like, Hey, give this a test and you might get something, but if you can't, because as you know, it's not good for your client, don't worry about it. It's not, you know, you can get an e-scooter next time, right. <laughs> or whatever. So is there anything else in the new revamp program? Anything in the announcement that you got today that uh, makes your ears perk up or you think is is uh, especially cool from Google? Not really. I mean, uh, because we knew it was all coming, um, there's, there's nothing um, specifically in there. I am going to be sort of interested in some of the things that they've announced are coming, uh, like what they're calling the executive experiences, like... Um, invite only industry events and, and stuff like that. But they've always kind of had those. I think I'm just sort of interested to see what they, what they turn those into. Um, and do they change their awards program and things like that? I suspect they will. I've sort of seen the writing on the wall with like how they're treating their inventory and their store. So um, it'll be interested in those sorts of things. Um, mostly, I guess, but they've always had that too, as their product betas, right? It was a big announcement. I'm like, you've always had product betas. I got in the one for Performance Max. <laughs> you've always had those. Um, but I, I'm interested to see if there's some some varying version of it. But I think it's mostly like how you become and maintain one that was of, of highest sort of concern um, for, for a lot of um, paid search people. So it's, it's finally rolled out and it's, it's acceptable. It's not ideal. Uh, from my standpoint, but it's, it's acceptable. Okay. Well, you, you, you mentioned a change to the, the way, the, the, the way Google, um, I guess, incentivizes their partner program. Did you hear about the ultimate serious change to the way Google incentivizes, I don't know, an investment program? 20 for one stock split announced uh, today, or I'm sorry, announced yesterday. Yeah. Google what do you think? stock. Um, I think I think it shows how much money is flowing into the digital uh, advertising environment. I mean, <laughs> Google stock is worth so much and is a, is um, appreciating in value so quickly that it was smartest for Google to give a twenty to one another. That, that's a staggering split, twenty to one split. So if if you had like one share the day before. You had 20 shares the next day. Now, those shares might be valued somewhat lower, but in bulk, you've got a hell of a lot more. 
um, and those hell of a lot more are likely to rise quickly. Smarter for Google, of course, because stock raises in value the more you get people buying it, right? So you make it cheaper, right. you get more people buying it. Were you uh, were you one of the early ins? No, no. You know what? Like, and I even remember back when it did. Um, and uh, but no, no, I wasn't. Were you? No, I was actually. Not. I think I was working with you back when it. When they, when when they it was, did their I ideas. think it was 2005, 2006, Google, Google, Google's IPO. A friend of the show, I'm not going to mention his name because, um, well, you'll, you'll, you'll hear why in a sec. Um, we were trying to figure this out this morning after, after reading about the stock split. He was one of the initial uh, investors. He got in at 108 a share. Um, it was 88 when it originally, uh, 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 when they went IPO originally. Took him about 24 hours to get his share. Um, approved and through his his purchase approved and through and he was able to get two shares two at 108 dollars each today um he figures those two shares are worth just shy of twelve thousand dollars so two hundred and ten dollars back in 2006 is worth about 12 grand today in uh in google stocks i'll take that yeah, um, um, yeah. The- it, it sort of puts it, it's an interesting like sort of scenario um, because and, and it's like Facebook. It's like, oh, okay, like, do you view Facebook as being on sale right now? Like, do you think it will go back and that they can recover? In which case, you could actually get quite a bargain. Um, uh-huh. And similarly, as soon as the like the split it hits the exchanges. Um, which I don't believe has has happened. It, it might have happened. Maybe it's that fast. I, I didn't check before we went to air. I didn't um, have time. But if it, as soon as it does, now all of a sudden you've got a lot more people who can people who can now only buy two shares, and it's at one hundred and thirty seven dollars, right? Like they couldn't pony up the like twenty eight hundred that it was, uh, but they can invest five, you know, Good. buy five <laughs> shares of this. So now you've got all of a sudden a lot more potential consumers um, of these shares would now be a good time to just sort of buy sort of if let you, them drive it up because the, the, there's more people that can purchase it. And then, and then sort of like, you got some disposable like after tax yeah. income. It would not be a, um, you could buy milkshakes or you could buy Google stock. Right. Um, <laughs> I would buy Google stock in this case because the milkshake, you're going to, you know, it'll be gone, but the Google stock is going to be there. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't, I, 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 I don't see anything happening to Google in the, in the short term. I just, I just, I just don't. <laughs> No. Um, Meta might have been the threat to Google, but I don't think it is anymore. Right. A duck, duck goes not, Bing's not, CN dot Bing isn't, Baidu isn't. Um, the only threat to Google is Google itself, and they seem to be doing quite fine right now. Well, yeah, they keep screwing up and launching things as we were talking about earlier, like poorly, like sort of like half-heartedly, and then they die, um, and, and they can they can weather that storm. So, um. You know, they're yeah, you're right. Like they're they're doing fine. I think your investment's safe for a good at least few years. Indeed. And they do um they do mess up. They do introduce things half-heartedly. Um, but again, that depends what they're introducing and where. Um when it comes to solving problems in search, Google and Google's had its monumental screw ups in organic search. It, ha- it really has. You won't know, be around for like 20, 20 some odd years and not mess up. Mm-hmm. But um, by and large, Google's doing quite well figuring out the best possible result for um, any given query. Mm-hmm. 
there's a great piece that was published around noon today. I don't know if you had a chance to see it yet. Uh, Barry, Barry Schwartz got it in uh, Search Engine Land. How Google uses artificial intelligence in Google Search. And he goes from rank brain to a neural matching, Bert and Mum, and explains um, the evolution of, of each of the uh, AI appendages, I guess, for want of a better word, um, the AI bolt-ons that Google has added on to search or factored right in directly into the algorithm. How Google uses artificial intelligence to search, uh, search engine land. Have, have you had a chance to see it yet? I have. As soon as you said the title, I'm like, I don't know how. Like, I don't know how I didn't. Um, like, of course, I just didn't. An didn't hour. Sort of, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like, feeling better. Honestly, like, <laughs> Um, uh, it's one of those, they do things on Thursday mornings to vex us sort of things. They do. They do. Uh, but I've now added it to my bookmarks and I'll read it over lunch. Uh, um, I'd throw this up on the SEO must reads uh, for someone like you, Dave, just as a refresher. Um, I don't know if you even need it or not, but it, you know, it, so much goes on. It helps just to put things back in order again. Oh, Oh, absolutely. There's been a number of times I've gone back and just gone, okay, like read that official announcement, like that first announcement on like Kelm or something where it's just like, just refresh your brain. You keep talking about mom, right? Or whatever, just make sure, remind yourself that you're using it correctly. Like that you're understanding and not blending it with other things that have also come up, right? Like um, you look <laughs> at like Bert and Smith and they do different things and there is a lot of blending of them. So it's like, okay, you need to like sort of sometimes go, nope. Just make sure you know which is which. Earlier, uh, John Mueller was speculating earlier this week, was 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 wondering whether Google itself should publish a uh, SEO glossary or not. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, there's a little, there's some merit to the idea. I think, um, I think there's so much to understand and so many unique specific terms in SEO that a glossary yeah. isn't a bad idea. Ryan Jones over at WTF SEO has had published a glossary, but um, if anyone knows Ryan and WTF SEO, um, Ryan knows his stuff. Um, WTO SEO, on the other hand, is often satire. Um, yes. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to, to be very serious about the story, you see. Um, I love WTF SEO. Did you, did you yes, see uh, the, 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 new, uh, the new WTF SEO version of Wordle? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Except he made it nine letters long. <laughs> okay. The word algorithm is nine letters long. So Ryan made his version SEO Wordle or whatever he's calling it, Wordle for SEO or whatever. He made it nine letters long. You still only have six chances, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll link at some point. I know I'll give it a try. Um, yeah, I urge you to. Do not play it on hard mode. <laughs> but then again, keep in mind, there's only so many nine-letter words in the SEO alphabet. Right. And the question is, should Google define them for us, or should we define them for ourselves? You know, I think with a glossary, I, I feel pretty, pretty safe. I, I think I, I'd be okay with Google doing it and go, it needs to be reviewed annually. And you need to pull in some like SEOs to help you do that. <laughs> like, okay. So you Make can't just decide for, for yourself what this means. Um, and you, they may not know the terms that we're all using. Like they know things from a googly standpoint, 
Um, and I'm sure they're like paying attention to what's going on on Twitter and stuff and what we're talking about, but we do use terms that they may not just use commonly or think of. Well, um, and, and, and ever yeah. since Danny Sullivan went and joined them, all their spies on the inside are gone. That's right. That's right. So I think that's anymore. why he went. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know anymore. We have, we have our own language, Google. Uh, even 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 Bert Smith won't even figure it out. Good luck. <laughs> you know what? They might have somebody on the inside. We'll find out. It'll be like, and now Barry Schwartz is joining Google. It's like, oh. <laughs> the end of times. That, yeah, indeed. Yeah. And that would You're be. You're just going to like pull one over until all their information becomes obsolete and then replace them with a new one. I'll, I'll tell you Barry's taking over from Danny as Danny retires. Barry comes in. If five Barry years Schwartz- gives all the information. Uh, if Barry Schwartz does take over at Google or does do any, gets a job, if he gets a job at Google, I can tell you straight up, the SEO glossary would be written in about 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uncanny, yeah. but it would happen. There's there's maybe the route to go. Yes, you should produce one. Ask Barry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Google should do it, but they got to pay Barry to get it done. <laughs> that's exactly how it should work. <laughs> um. Okay, uh, public service announcement. There's about a million WordPress sites out there. Um, they are open to a vulnerability. They're running uh, Elementor. And there's um, some add-ons that are um, dangerous. There's a story in Search Engine Journal. Uh, Roger Monte published it yesterday. Um, according to... Um, the U.S. government NIST website, vulnerabilities on the essential add-ons for the Elementor plug-on, plug-in, sorry, Elementor plug-in, make it possible for an attacker to launch a local file intrusion attack, um, allowing some, allowing uh, your installation to reveal um, information about, about itself and, and, and uh, 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 passwords and such so that people can do other nefarious stuff on your WordPress site. And it allows uh, the, the, the attacker to read files, uh, arbitrary files. So um, be aware, um, the essential, essential add-ons for Elementor WordPress plugin, anything running before 505, 5.0.5, um, up, up, update now. <laughs> Always good advice. Yep. Um, what else? We have about ten minutes left in uh, before the before the clock strikes uh, top of the hour. Um, well, we we haven't mentioned his name enough, so I'm going to go with a story from Barry Schwartz. Okay. <laughs> um, over on on Search Engine Roundtable, it was from a few days ago um, on the on the 31st. I just found it an interesting story that, um, yeah, well, not interesting. Well, we'll, we'll get into it. It was. Um, Answering the question, does the placement of internal links matter? Good question. Okay. Uh, we all assume it does. Um, like I, well, at least I shouldn't say all. The question was asked um, and it was asked um, you know, re- reasonably. So, oh, okay. You know, what, 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 what does that mean? Um, basically the conclusion, if you, if you go through the, the entire uh, video, which I, I won't make people do is um, pretty much like you think it does. <laughs> Was, was what it boils down to or, or like what you would think. So the, the short answer is technically no. So just by like, a, if it's link two out of 
50 on a page, does that favor or something? It seems no. Um, but what was also added in is the context of it there matters. You go. So, so that's that's where kind of like if it's in the content, it would be viewed like this. Oh, I understand it's a top navigation. So so that's the sort of stuff that it does. So it ended up sort of circling back to okay, technically right. It's not like what number is it on the page or even necessarily where it is on the page. It's what kind of link is it? So and why sort of, it I, is presumably how visible, like how prioritized would it be for for a, a casual surfer um, to encounter. Well, another thing that I think needs to be considered uh, at least on the pages um, and context is what's around the link. What's what's right. what's the words ahead of and behind the link? What anchor text is used and why did they choose that anchor text? What's the webmaster trying to get the user to do or point out to the user? And does that fit with the, with the way Google perceives the overall page? Right. Um, like you said, you know, I, hate, I hate these the pages where you have like um, 50 some odd links going off the page. Now you got some category page that has, um, I'm not going to say no sense of order structure or um, contextual topic because it might, but it's hard to find one when you got that many links leaving a page. Um, the value of those links is, I, I don't believe in link degradation theory or anything like that. Um, but, I do strongly believe that Google tries to understand why it's being asked to do X, Y, or Z. Um, why is it being asked to follow this link? And um, if Google um, can find a reason that this thing should exist in this place and it's helpful to the user, then it will be um, considered a useful, good, reward rewardable link. Right. Otherwise, it gets ignored. They just don't care. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, another, but a, a question that should be asked with links: Do you um do you use uh, 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 titles on links? Write in a not little, really. Little, no. Yeah. I, I don't you know, like. I, I it's a good question. What I think do you, there's do times you? It's, there's times it's useful. There's times it's not useful. If there's um a number of links on a page and the user might hover over to try to decide if this is where they want to go or not. Or there's no other place to put a little bit more description on why this link might exist. In that case, it's worth using. Right. You're um, using something like click here or whatever as your... Then there's your no anchor. benefit whatsoever. You're, you're wasting everybody's time. Yeah. I hate click here. Oh, my God. I hate click here. Oh, do I hate click here? Yeah, I, I used to, I, when, I, when I used to give lectures, uh, when I used to, to, to speak at conferences, um, I used to rally against the four-letter word home. Yeah. I just hated yes. that word. I mean, you had to, I had to pull some stupid uh, trick out of the bag of tricks. Mine was never use the word home because everyone uses the word home. I, I know, know. And I often see a lot and I, I've even done it myself and then gone, no, wait, Dave, you know better than this. It's like, and an article you can find here and then move on. And I'm like, or an article, blah, and then just put its title. Yeah, an <laughs> article then just about... link its title because you probably have the keywords in there. Yeah, um, and pass some relevancy along. So, and incidentally, uh, do your do 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 your um, brother and sister webmasters a favor here. You know, give context give context right. to the links you're giving to them. Right, right. <laughs> um, okay, we are down to about five minutes in the show. Um, 
I've got a interesting one. Well, you know yeah. what? I, I say that they're not all interesting, but they're interesting <laughs> to me. Um, That's good enough for me. So um, we, we talked a while back um, about Google Merchant Center. You, you have your product feeds and they've been added to organic, um, like that you could all of a sudden use them for, for organic search. Um, or they might show up. Basically, shopping results might also show your free results. It wasn't just going to be paid anymore that, that you, if you had a feed. Yeah, Shopify or whatever, and it just auto generates a feed or WordPress, and you have a feed generator. Uh, you create it. Um, one thing that it didn't do, however, was auto tagging. Um, so now they have started adding as of two days ago. Oh, thanks, Barry Schwartz. Um, so we've mentioned his name, I don't even know how many times um, in, in this episode. Um, had covered the story over at Search Engine Land. Um, they had added auto tagging. Basically, that means that over in um, analytics, we're going to be gathering together some information on that it's a product, where it's coming from, that sort of and thing. Like it won't just be this like the- Google sent a person here. We'll yep. be gaining some insight into how they got there as far as the like shopping side of things. So I found that, uh, well, I liked it. Obviously, in my first thing, I read that and went, oh, okay, turn it on. <laughs> like- is making it so much easier to get and this is non-identifiable information so before mm-hmm. before anybody gets all weird about it um google's making it so much easier to track a, a, a individual new returning users whatever to track their movement from point a to from a landing to exit point in a website and all the stuff they do in between and it's all about tagging events and they're making it so easy to do that um i got a feeling we're all going to be drowning in, in information soon so mm-hmm. Don't go. Did you remember back in the early days of word processors when, like, you'd see a, a an announcement? It would have like eight different fonts on it. <laughs> People are going to go nuts with Tag Manager. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be drowning in irrelevant information very soon. But but you could be swimming and floating above your peers in highly relevant information. It depends who you use this stuff. Right. Um, I'm really excited. Um, I'm about to go into a really big build in a Magento build uh, at that using a a tag manager automated up. And I'm I'm actually quite excited about this just to see what happens. Mm. Mm. Good luck. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, Speaking of swimming in a sea of data, one more announcement that our our listeners might like to know about Um, Google search console. This came out a few Mm. days ago, back on the 31st. their error reporting for breadcrumbs and how to structure data has changed. So you might see a spike in the number of errors coming in there. Uh, obviously, anytime you see an error like that, go take a look. Um, mm-hmm. But it's important to know um, that this happened on, on the 31st and it is a reporting change only. So those errors were always there. You just didn't know it. Now, now you'll know it. But something didn't happen to create new errors on that day. Um, it's just that they're. Oh my goodness! So okay, so 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 Google's going to show you something that was wrong. That's always been wrong. This has been this has been like something like your muffler has been dragging behind your car and you just didn't know it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh so <laughs> now you'll know it. Um, and I don't. I, I haven't. I've actually seen a couple um, cases where, like, there was there did seem to be an increase. They were pretty low level, so I can't go causation. I can only go. It's a coincidence that it happened on the same day. Um, but um, it, it doesn't seem like there's anything earth shattering in there. It was all warnings in my case, anyway. And it was just like, okay, it's things that if I'd run a validator on them and really nitpick through, I would have seen it. Um, but 
you know, just if you see that, because anytime I see an error, I'm like, oh, no, what's hitting the fan now? Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, nothing <laughs> uh, or nothing new, at least. You should pay attention to it just like you you would normally, but you didn't do anything wrong. Just keep make sure people know where to look. Don't look at what you did do on that day because it isn't that. Look at what caused the problem that's always been there um, and uh, and dig in that way. So It's a breadcrumb error. It shouldn't be that hard to fix. No, exactly. Or how to. It's like it'll just be missing like you didn't put an image. All right. Well, it's a warning, right? And I don't have an image. So there we go. Uh, And there we go. We have gone full clock. Um, we have enough time to say thank you so much, Brasco, Darren, and Brandy at WMR.FM. Um, thank you to everybody uh, at, at WMR. Uh, and uh, got to remind our audience that we may be um, entering the third year, and we might even be near the end, near the finish line when it comes to this pandemic. We might be, we might not be. But we're not there yet. It's still real. And uh, in the short time that Omicron has existed, more people have been hospitalized. In the eight weeks we've known of Omicron, more people have been hospitalized than in the entire two years of the pandemic before that. COVID is still very real. It's still having a massive impact on our society. It's still inhibiting our economies and in, in challenging our uh, health systems. Please, for the love for the love of your society, get vaccinated and and wear a mask and take COVID protocols. We can we really, 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 really can control this virus, make it go endemic, and get our society back. But it, please, you'll get vaccinated. Yeah. On behalf of Dave Davis from BSOC Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Detroit Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.fm on the third uh, of February. 2022 recorded on the 3rd of february 2022 be safe be kind rank well be real good to each other and we'll talk to you next week the opinions expressed in this wmr.fm program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of wmr.fm any rebroadcast republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited